Recording. <clears throat> okay, so we're all recording. Um, I guess we're live then. Yeah, welcome to the second episode of Technically Managing. We survived the first episode in the podcast release. That was exciting. Yeah, it was. Like, what was your thoughts when that whole thing happened? Because I so two things before we get back into the like on the road to product management or whatever we're calling it, like two big things happened. We released the first episode because we recorded that um, a couple. No, we still recorded that like two weeks ago, but we also had the Telki Tech release too. So mm-hmm. we got to like promote both those things simultaneously. Yep. So I feel like I heard from people that I didn't think were going to watch it, but I did get some feedback from it. Um, And a lot of people really liked it. So that's awesome. Um, I, I haven't heard it like, you know, we didn't really edit that video. We, you know, we left it as is, right? So I didn't really listen to it or anything. Um, and I don't I don't think I plan on doing it because you know when you like hear your own voice and stuff, or sometimes you might be like, wow, why did I say that? You know? Or I don't know. I, I just don't want to hear it again, you know? Yeah. I've gotten a lot more comfortable listening to my own voice since like adjoining Oracle in general, Mm -hmm. because like we also had to record ourselves as solution engineers. I used to hate it though. I still don't like it, but the podcast like was pretty scary because Mm -hmm. the last time I checked the YouTube video has 44 views, which is pretty good for like a fresh new channel where we don't have any kind of like audience before. Have you like taken a look at the download um, numbers like lately? Yeah, um, so it looks like we're at 44. Um, and, you know, to be honest, like we've only posted about it once, you know, so I mm-hmm. think it's pretty good, to be honest. Yes. So we're close to like 100 listens for the first episode. That mm-hmm. kind that was funny, because I like literally had like family reach out to me and just like co workers and even people who I didn't know that well. They're like, Oh, that was like, so cool. Like, I love the first episode. And even just because I did like the telki tech release too, mm-hmm. I was getting a lot around the same time. But part of my brain was like terrified because I remember when we listened through the first episode to edit it. And it was mostly just like taking out the pauses for the bathroom break. We didn't really say anything that we were worried about, but I like completely forgot most of what we've talked about since then. So when people are like, oh, I liked it. I'm like, what did you like? What did you not like? I have no idea. Like, it's so weird just having people comment about something that you put out there, which like you do not have like a precise active memory on. Exactly. Yes. I feel like we did talk about a lot of things, you know, so Mm -hmm. um. Like, for example, someone told me that they really like the fact that, you know, like we're PMs that don't have the technical background, you know, but we're trying to get there. Um, you know, how we spoke about it's important to be able to explain like a technical, you know, term to someone that's not technical, because if they're able to understand it, like everyone's able to understand it, stuff like that, you know, that sometimes we might think that because we're not technical, we are um like it's kind of like our weakness you know but in reality it's really not because we're able to see things in a different way right that maybe technical people miss right so they they liked that you know um they yeah. us highlighting that because like i do think as like a disclaimer for the podcast if you didn't 
like assume this already like we're not kind of like we're not coming out here being like oh we're these like experts on product management who know everything in our long tenured career of almost a year like part of this is just based off of like we both kind of came with the backgrounds of as we're learning our generation very much likes to rely on the internet and like just not not professionally made i don't mean that in terms of not good production value but just like people talking about their experiences as people and like with all of their flaws perspectives and all that because like that's where you kind of get those like little nuggets of wisdom that help you in your own journey Mm -hmm. and like both of us were like saying how yeah like our road to oracle and stuff was like looking up just youtube and like Mm -hmm. tiktok tech and just like Googling all these people, like all this stuff and like running into these different people and blogs and all that. So it's kind of just like through the act of discussing these things and kind of bouncing ideas, some are going to be more foundationally secure on than others. Like it helps our career and also just like helps, I think other people kind of get in the brain space of like what it looks like to be young in this field and yep. all that. But Like, I do think on the whole, like, us not being technical thing, it's something that I'm having kind of an interesting, I would say, like, relationship with. Because when I first came into Oracle, like, we can get into this when we get back to, like, the, our time in solution engineering. But I've, like, always been very insecure about my tech knowledge because I don't have any tech degrees, like, I was finance and business analytics in school and everything was self-taught or learned on the job. But like I got, I was like in a couple like email and like Slack threads where people, one of the products that I'm focused on is um, SQL CL Liquibase. So for like those who aren't familiar with working with an Oracle database, uh, I think it's like when you call it SQL, I always, they don't like, it's, when is, when is it they prefer when we say SQL and when SQL, do you know what I'm talking about? We use Honestly, one for. Mm-hmm. I I don't know, but I think in Oracle I hear more SQL than SQL. Okay. But in school I used to hear SQL a lot more, so I don't. Yeah. Know. I think it's a preference thing. I don't know. I'm sure someone will correct me um, on my team or otherwise, but it's either whether it's pronounced SQL or SQL. Basically, the letters are SQL, and that's like the language that you use to communicate with a database. So we have, yeah, so we have a command line tool for basically like sending commands to your Oracle database from just directly from the command line. And that's called SQL CL. Uh, We have a feature in it now called Liquibase. And it's based on the open source Liquibase platform. But we kind of like threw our own stuff on top of it and add like all these extra features. And basically like what it does is automate a lot of like your database change work. So kind of like without going too deep into that right now, um, Jeff, my manager, has been having me focus on a lot of projects surrounding uh, SQL CL Liquibase and like some like emails and slacks are going around. We're like, oh, yeah, like joking, like our local like Liquibase guru, Zach. And like hearing that just from my kind of like background of my tech brain, I'm like, oh, that's like a lot of pressure. Yeah. But then when I think about I'm like, I've been working a lot with Liquibase like lately, like I do kind I do kind of like know a decent amount about it now. So I think that is like one of those things that like with our job, it is hard because especially being in like the database 
product management organization at Oracle, there's some like really impressive tenured people here. And there is a bit of an age gap between like the kind of old guard and like the new guard they're grooming. And like, because a lot of our coworkers are like 20 plus years on us and like in our career, it's like very easy. I feel like at least for me to dismiss the stuff that I do, but there are also times that you kind of like stop and you're like, no, like I'm actually doing like a pretty good job with the stuff I am like working on around this. And like, I have put like my hours into it. So it's like, I am kind of becoming a bit of like an expert, obviously, while keeping that mindset, there's always like room to grow. Yeah, no, I totally agree. Like, I definitely feel like I came into this job, like even as a solution engineer with this imposter syndrome, you know, even mm-hmm. when I was presenting, I literally thought I didn't know what I was talking about, you know, and sometimes you do need to give yourself a little credit, you know, like you need to be like, okay, like I'm presenting on this. So I know something, you know, like at least starting from, I know something, you know, yeah. um, cause like, as you said, like same in my team, right? Like we just had like two people that, you know, um, have been in Oracle for 25 years. They were celebrating the 25 year anniversary, you know? And you look at them, like the way they present everything, it's more of like, wow, like they do it so naturally, you know, compared to like maybe me that I take longer to get ready, you know, or I take longer to understand different terms, right? So yes, um, I feel like I've learned a lot and a lot of the things that I've learned, I, you know, I actually would love to get some experience. Maybe we should invite someone to our podcast that is very technical because I would Mm -hmm. love to see whether they learn this in school, right? Because I feel like a lot of the things like you learn in school, like you learn them, but like when you're trying to apply them to the job, they're completely different, you know, or I guess maybe Oracle works different or other companies work different. So, you know, like it's nice to have that, but like when you come into a job, sometimes everything changes, you know, and you just have to start from zero and learn everything. That's what we're talking about, you know, being able to show that we're able to learn fast. And like, I think that's like one of those things from, school which is kind of like a habit we have to unlearn is there's definitely you come out of like academia and especially like high level u.s academia and they kind of like give you this intrinsic assumption that if you're like not careful you might not notice where it's just it's about like this like idea that they're like these all-knowing experts out there Mm -hmm. and it's like a different thing like maybe one day you'll get there after like decades of experience kind of thing but it almost kind of feels like this like there's this like imaginary wall separating you from them but like really in reality it's like you can't really have that mindset because it doesn't make you getting to a point of like expertise and active journey that you're a part of where like at least for like me personally like one of my kind of person like one of my like I guess you'd call it mindsets is just like there's nothing special about say like the people who are kind of like referred to as like experts and yeah, I'm not going to be like egotistical. And of course, I don't think I'm at say someone who knows a lot about something's level, Mm -hmm. but you can kind of like push yourself and learn things a lot quicker than you can. And like, once you learn something, the kind of like at least like mindset around that is you can like talk about that. Cause like, you know, you know, it pretty fairly certain, like the name of the game is just kind of, being honest for yourself, like, hey, what am I pretty rock solid to talk about? And what am I a bit more 
less sure about, but I may have like some good points around as long as I give the disclaimer and like what is just kind of like outside of my arena at the moment. And it's kind of just like working, like build up that repertoire. Yeah, no, I, I totally agree with that. And I think sometimes like, I feel like being an expert also kind of like place against your advantage because you might miss like little things, you know, like little details that you would take a look at when you're seeing things with a fresh mind, you know, where you don't really have a foundation or anything like that, you know? So, yeah, I, I think overall there are some pros on us being like, you know, totally new to technology and bringing our perspective and creativity, right. To like show people how things work and with technology you never stop learning right like they're always changing you're always having like updates and stuff like that so overall like just having the skill to like be open-minded to learning things from zero I think that's like a really good skill to have mm -hmm. and that's like something that is really cool about at least like what I've been seeing at Oracle like the interplay between generations mm -hmm. because you have like your super like you're talking about, like you're more like senior people who have all this like lived experience of knowledge and like expertise that they've like accumulated over their career. But one of the things about having expertise and like a big base of knowledge is you kind of like work out systems and like personal tools and things that kind of like give you a repertoire of a way to handle situations. And like, that's something that you refine over a long period of time. Like, one of those, like one of the kind of problems with that is I feel like you kind of, I'm trying to think of like the right word, like you get used to doing things, like you get a repetitions in, but once you get repetitions in, you kind of formed a bit of like a fixed way of thinking. Whereas like, say like younger people were much better with change because we kind of have to like rely more like instinctually and like as we go because we don't have like a history to draw back on like does that make sense like at yeah. all what I'm like getting at there like I'm just like trying to kind of yeah pinpoint those like factors that lead to like younger people being better at kind of picking out change in general versus like that like Asian wisdom type thing yeah so I think I told you about it um some time ago but I did read the rookie smart book right that giant made me read. <laughs> um, and yeah, like, uh, we actually presented to him about, you know, like what we discovered and stuff like that. And of course, like, you know, like, it's not like we agreed with everything in the book, right? Because basically, the book talks about it was written by someone in Oracle, right, that started Oracle University. Um, and it talks about how, you know, like rookies, we're like smart, because we're like really hard workers. We kind of like think that we have to catch up with like the expert people in our team, you know? So like we work really hard. Uh, we're always open to learning and, you know, basically trying new things because we have nothing to lose compared to like experts, right? That are a little more, you know, they already have their system and they're not really that open to trying new things because, um, you know, like they might fail and they they have way more responsibility than us, right? So I think that's a really good book to read, um, even though I don't always agree that, you know, like, I don't think there's always like a rookie, like a, a rookie that is always willing to put in the work, you know, there's some other people that are not, you know, like, 
I don't want to say as hard worker, but maybe that's not their priority. You know, they just do their job and that's it, right? And there's nothing wrong with that. I'm just saying like, that's a possibility. And then there's experts that are always like open to like giving people a new try or trying new methods or, you know, just exploring different ways of doing things. So it doesn't always apply, but I do think that there's a pattern, right? Between rookies and experts, I guess. Yeah. I'm trying to think before we get uh, back to the road to PM, any other thoughts on the whole just like release and stuff? Like, cause on, on my point or on my side of things, because like I had the whole big Telki tech release, like that was a pretty cool experience. Mm-hmm. I believe we're, I'm up to like 400 unique visitors on the Telki tech site. So this is oh. like unique IP addresses, not people visiting multiple times yeah and just like on the social stuff it's been a really cool experience like just want to kind of say before we got like two into things like how grateful I am like I am with all that just because it was something that was like putting myself out there a lot and I did like all the art on the site myself and that was something that was pretty funny because like I was very heads down not public with any of that and you're like okay here's my website I made a thousand little drawings of myself. I hope you don't think I'm crazy and that this whole thing kind of like works together in a way that makes sense. But I got like a lot of like messages from people just like being so encouraging and supportive and like saying how cool it looks and all of that and like how they like love the articles so far and see where it goes. So between that and the podcast, definitely excited to see how this stuff continues to evolve. Yeah, no, I, I'm just going to say people, if you haven't checked, <laughs> check out like his website is really cool. Like you guys should definitely like, uh, like my favorite part is your story. You know, like I <laughs> love those little drawings. Like I love everything about it. So, you know, if someone's listening and they haven't checked out the website, Talky Talk, uh, Talky Tech, definitely, you know, go check it out. Yeah, it's just my last name, Telki, T-A-L. Uh, ke dot tech like the there's no dot com like it's dot tech just to make it easy to find but yeah so on that note are we ready to get back into how we got into pm i think the last point we stopped was we didn't go into our interviews with frank and sangita yet that's like right where we were at right yes okay who do you want to go first with the experience you or me i'm fine with either I can I can go first so since you went first last time so I think yeah so I think I mentioned that I got kind of like okay actually we didn't talk about like how we applied right but yeah the way for me the way it happened for me is that I actually applied for a BDC business no, business consulting. Business development consultant. Yeah, BDC. Yes. Business develop, development consulting, right? And I applied to it just because I thought, you know, I'm. it sounds like I could do this, you know, and I don't feel like I'm very technical to like try something else, you know? So I just applied. For people who don't know, that's the entry-level sales position at Oracle. Just yes. like, it's what we call them. Exactly. So then, so whatever, I forgot that I applied for that. And then a recruiter reaches out to me and they're just, they just basically said that they reviewed my resume and they think that I am a good match for the solution engineer position, the technical solution engineering position. Right. So I was like, 
okay you know i didn't know what a solution engineer was by the way i had no idea um and i was kind of worried because i was like okay i'm not technical at all i don't know what this means but let's see what happens right so i did the interview with them um basically the first the first time that i contacted like i got in contact with oracle it wasn't an interview it was just like the you know the recruiter asking me questions like what classes are you taking um has are you like interviewing with any other people and at that time i was interviewing with one more person um with one more like another company and um they just basically ask you like really like basic questions like your classes who are you interviewing with um and stuff like that so then um he asked me if i was interested in you know scheduling another call um and I said, yes. And I think I got an email saying, hey, um, you're going to have an interview with Brian. And I was like, and he was like, oh, and he's like the top of the program. He said something like that. And I was For our like, audio listener, I hope Ramut gets into it because that just that name just made me raise my eyebrows. <laughs> well, you'll, you'll see why. So I was like, uh okay yeah no pressure no pressure you know so who is brian for the audience he's a director right no well, he's our he was our vice president yeah vice of president, like yes. the our org yes so, so the you had an interview of him yeah and he's super nice by the way people like he was not like you know he was like mean or anything but when you when you hear that like i was very scared already you know so anyway so we so I start getting ready for my interview. They asked for a technical interview on something that you want, a presentation, sorry, on, on something that you wanted to present on. That was your choice. And then the second interview or presentation was on an Oracle Live Lab. And it's crazy because now that I know Live Labs, I didn't really catch that word of live labs, you know, I just went in the website that they sent me and I got ready for the interview. But, you know, live labs is actually like a really nice platform where we are able to run demos and, you know, try Oracle products. So if you guys are interested on in that, definitely check it out. But um, at that time, I didn't know what live labs was. I didn't understand anything. I was just following directions and it was working for me. <laughs> I didn't know what I was doing, to be honest, you know. Um, but yeah, I was very, very nervous. And then the day of the presentation came and he was super nice. He was based in Denver and I had just moved from Denver to Florida. So we spoke a little bit about our background. Um, he also wasn't a technical person. So I was, you know, that that kind of made me feel like, okay, like this could be my place, you know, like maybe I can learn all this thing. Like he didn't go to school to be, um, to do like computer science or something like that. I think he ended up getting there because he was passionate about technology and stuff like that. But, um, but yeah, and then I got my, you know, offer to join Oracle. And I got an offer from the other position too that I was interviewing with. And it was a dilemma for me because, you know, like, I don't know if I can say, if I can say this, like we can cut it off, but like, I was like the other job was offering me more money, you know? Uh -huh. um, Like, 
basically it, yeah it was offering me like 15k more or 10k more i don't remember right and then we do get comp uh commission right yeah but i didn't understand that part that much you know i wasn't sure if we were going to get like 100% of the commission or not and of course it depends on our you know you weren't sure how let's say like close to the word they held their exactly. bonus commitments and targets yeah exactly yes so i was a little confused about that because if that would have you know if that was the case then i would be making around the same or more in oracle right <laughs> but i wasn't there like for sure you know and i also read a lot of reddit like you know um like posts and just, stuff like yeah that. just like forums about like applying that's something where i wonder how much recruiting and management understands like for the young generation, it's important. We, we like we we generally are very wary of any kind of like official corporate wording and posting, and we go to like places like Reddit and Google searches to be like, okay, like what's the real deal about applying for like these positions, especially stuff that is more entry level, kind of class of where they take a bunch of young people as a group, and like the experience is standardized. Like people pay a lot of attention to that. A hundred percent. And talking about that, like, I want to definitely say that I'm happy that I picked Oracle, you know, mm -hmm. um, because actually the other, um, you know, like team, you know, the other company that I was applying for, they were also, they were a consulting company and they were also going to put me in the Oracle team, right? That is crazy. So like it was Oracle or Oracle for me, you know? <laughs> but they kind of said something that triggered me a little bit because they said something like around the lines of, um, I, I would have had to move to Denver and they said, oh, I really hope you have a support system wherever you move because um, this is a really hard job, you know, like you're going to be traveling a lot. And then when I heard that, I was like, yeah, no, you know, because yeah, I did have my boyfriend, right? But like at the same time, like, I don't know if, you know, that that just didn't sound good, you know? Mm -hmm. So, I mean, I appreciate that they were honest with me, but that that was just like a no for me, you know? So I ended up in Oracle because of that. But after reading Reddit stuff, um, it didn't have like very positive like feedback, you know, about Oracle. And like, also like I spoke to you about this TikTok, right? That, you know, this girl posted about, you know, having an interview with Oracle and things not going very well. Like something happened and it sucks because that girl, like she has a lot of followers and, you know, like she does have really good tips about, you know, tech and like the tech industry and everything. Um, so like, it sucks that they, that she had a bad experience. And, I, and I'm not saying like Orwell is for everyone, you know, but at the same time, mm -hmm. like, I, I feel like I've had a really good experience, you know, so not like, it really depends on the person, right? Like sometimes you, you know, I hope everyone has a good experience, but like, you know, not, you cannot generalize. That's all I'm saying, you know? It's also like at the end of the day, like one of the biggest takeaways, like about my career at Oracle, and I assume this is the case for most, if not all companies, is like the people, like your manager and the people you interact with are going to make it or break your experience. Yeah. And like, you need to, 
as much as like company culture and like where you work and like those kind of big lofty values, like they all have their place and they do affect things, but like you still have to like think and prioritizations like, okay, what do I know about like the direct people I'll be interacting with? Cause that stuff's going to like primarily be your reality that you work with. And like, kind of like you're saying, it's like, it is like at the end of the day, it's like, you do notice that like some companies tend to, like, I don't know, some companies are like, are better than others. Some have more problems than others about like culture and all that. But, like at the end of the day, it is just individuals. And if you just run across like a bad person or someone who like leads a, like leaves like a not good taste in your mouth, like that's going to sour your experience and kind of lead to stuff like that. Yeah. Yep, exactly. So yeah, I, I definitely don't regret, you know, picking Oracle. Um, so do, do you want to go over how you, like how you applied and all this stuff, or do you want me to continue with like our first week at work? Yeah. So I'll, I'll go through my interview process. Mm -hmm. So my whole thing was basically I'd applied to Oracle a couple times before and it was like all at different stages. Like I applied once in college that I don't even think I made it through like the filtering on applications, but I also, I'm also pretty sure of that, like, you know how they leave applications up after they kind of like scoop up the people they're interested in mm -hmm. for the first round. I think I was in one of those boats because like a lot of people I knew already got like their first rounds before they, like before I even applied. So that was just nothing came of that. Like first round got washed away. And then I think I was, I was Still at my first job with the other time I applied, I did I tell that on this podcast last time? Like basically the gist of that was uh, I was like interviewing for like enterprise resource planning. And because I was looking to get away from, no, I was interviewing for to be a SaaS solution engineer. So software as a service, like to people who sell our software products versus say, how Ramu and I were on like a more technical, they call us like platform side. Um, and yeah, I was like interviewing to be a solution engineer on that side of things. And the, the, like the person I was talking to was really trying to push me towards ERP enterprise resource planning. And that's like our accounting software. But because I was like leaving insurance and finance, and I was looking to kind of like get away from that industry just so I could like get a fresh palette and see what I liked outside of it I was like very strong about like mm -mm, I don't want to do that and he's like you'll be great you have a background in it and I'm like it's my background that makes me want to try something new so like that ended up not working so applying for yeah so applying for the one that we got into the whole like quick story of that was COVID happens I take the one-way flight to Austin. All of this is detailed in my About Me page on telki.tech if you want to learn about it. But basically during COVID, um, went down to Austin to stay with my girlfriend at the time. Uh, realized that I really love Austin. I was looking to switch into tech. And I was like applying to a bunch of companies in the tech industry, like working on coding certification, stuff like that. So I got this out of that whole kind of time period and just job and interviewing applying process. I 
think that my interviews for it was like end of November, beginning of December, 2020. That was 2021 at the time. Because did we start in 2020? No, it was 2020. No, yeah, it was 2020 because we started in January 2021. Yeah. So it was like December 2020. Oh, December 2020. That's when you... Okay, I I did my interview. I want to say it was like beginning of October. Oh, so yours were a lot earlier than mine. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because mine was basically like beginning of December was like boom, boom, boom. The recruiter reached out to me. I had a referral from a friend in the company. Um, they kind of like moved me, along, moved me along to the interview process pretty quickly. It was like one conversation with the recruiter and then like straight to final round presentation. I presented to Frank and Sangita, who are the two class of managers for our teams. So basically for like our class of program for Oracle, they take like 15 or 20 of us. They split us between two teams and we were kind of like co-raised by Frank and Sangita. Um, and they like divvied us up between like a primary manager, but we also did like a lot of activities with the secondary team. So I believe both of them were my interviewers. And I'm kind of curious what uh they would say about when we get them on the podcast, because like I think they'd both be like great people to have on. Um, I'm curious what they'd say about like each of our interviews because I've had so many interactions with them and I feel like as a presenter, I have grown so much since then that I don't really have like an accurate read on my memory of how I presented with that. But one of the things I do remember is we had like a choice of three different technologies we could do like our lab on to present for the presentation and the first lab I was doing ended up not working where like I was like running into like a technical error and me just being fresh out of like finance world no background in tech was like super insecure about that and I'm like shoot the stupid thing's not working I thought it was my fault I was like freaking out because I was like eight hours like into like preparing for this and I kind of hit like just a brick wall bug that I kind of like progress past. And I ended up like showing it to my friend who like worked at Oracle. He's like, dude, it's not you. Like the lab's just broken. I'm like, okay, that's good news. But also now I have to start completely over preparing with another lab. So I pulled a couple like super late caffeinated nights just getting ready for that. But yeah, ultimately um, Frank and Sangita liked the presentation and I did get the offer, and we started in uh, January of 2021. So that's how we got through. January or February? February 2021. Or no, was it the first week of February, right? Yeah. It was okay, February yeah. 1st, I think, because like we started like perfectly on our you know, first day. Yeah, because I think there was like, they sent us stuff in January. Maybe that's why I'm thinking about that. We're getting, oh, yeah, because I also left my job, I think, like the beginning of January. So that's probably why I associate with it. But um, yeah, so that got us to the like beginning of the program. Who was your original manager? Because originally for like the first, okay, Sangita was your original one. Yeah. I started with Frank. So I was like, I switched over after, I think it was like the first two weeks or month, they kind of did like a redrafting mm-hmm. of the team. And saying you don't want me for one of her draft picks. So I got scooped over to them. Yeah. So actually just going back to like the the 
you know, getting ready for the interview. So, um, cause I feel like a lot of people are interested in that, but, um, basically, by the way, I had to take my mic off because it doesn't fit again, same issue. My <laughs> laptop doesn't like survive for more than 30 minutes. It looks like, but, um, so when I was going over the live lab, I also ran into something. It was like something minor. Like it didn't really like, I think it was like the last step or something like that. Right. And I did also send the recruiter an email and I said something like, you know, like this live lab or this lab, I don't know what I call it. The demo environment. Maybe yeah. I didn't know what it was. You're like the thing that is going to decide yeah. whether or not I get a job is not working. And I'm a exactly. little stressed right now. <laughs> Exactly. So like, I actually send them screenshots. And I just said something like, you know, um, this is this, this didn't look, you know, like the screenshot or something like that, or the instructions. And they actually appreciated that, you know, he said, like, Oh, thank you so much for pointing this out. Like, you know, we'll let someone know, you know. And so yeah, like, if you guys are like, you know, getting ready for an interview or something like definitely like, like talking about these little like bugs or whatever, like it's, it looks good, you know, because like yeah. that you care and like there is someone behind this lab or whatever that cares about that. Trust me, because that's us now, you know, at least at Oracle, I can't speak for the other companies. Cause like I've definitely applied yeah. to places where like they did not give a shit, but yeah, yeah if, if, if you happen to apply to Oracle and like run into a technical issue, let us know we'd care about now. And also, Yep. completely understandable why you'd have like my mindset where you're just like this scared like close to college yeah. guy being like what did I do wrong but right like, like you might yeah, think like you're like damn like I I'm scared of like looking dumb or you know stupid because this is not working for me that's not mm -hmm. you know even if like you think that like we we're also thinking as of like we want everything to be intuitive you know and easy so like if if it's not working for you or if you're missing something like that's feedback for like whoever's behind that product to like you know think about it you know it is so funny that we went full circle to live labs brought us into oracle and now like one of our big job things is it's being very awesome. actively involved with live labs and that team yeah yeah, I think, you know, like, actually, like, if you, like, we can only talk about Oracle, right? But, like, if you want to get into Oracle, I, maybe some other, like, companies, they also have, like, a demo environment or a sandbox environment where you can play with their, with their technology. But I think that's, like, a really good place to start, you know, like, actually learn about the product and stuff like that. Um, But, yeah, so, like, that, so I don't remember which Live Lab I picked, to uh, present but then the second presentation I did was in a school project that I had uh, where we use uh, rapid minor that was like a machine learning uh, software but it did you know like it did everything for us so like it wasn't as technical you know but I did kind of talk about like the results on it so I, I don't know what you decided to pick for like your second presentation well what did you do since you didn't have like, you know, like a class or something to like present on. I think they just gave me one round, if I remember correctly. Like, I wonder if it was because it was later on than you, because okay. I might be wrong, but I'm almost positive. All I had was the, uh, like the recruiter, oh, just yeah. basic chat and then like straight to the presentation with Frank and Sangita, like the big okay. one. Because they did I ask, I did have to like fill out this long this like long form where it was like talk about your like background and technical experience 
And I feel yeah. like the same way as like everyone who's ever filled that form being in college, you're like, mm, how much can I stretch a Python class I took as like yeah. proficient in Python? So it was one of those kind of things. So the thing is for me, like I had like one interview with Brian, right? But like I had to do two presentations in that interview. So you only did one presentation? There might have been two presentations. I'm just thinking about it as one day. Cause yeah, because that, that's kind of how... Because what, what was your two presentations? That might help jog my memory. Right. So um, yeah, like the, the Oracle Live Lab and then one other project outside of Oracle. So like in whatever I wanted. Oh, wait, that does sound, no, that sounds familiar. Maybe, mm -hmm. maybe I did that too. But yeah, I'm just thinking, because you had to do it back to back though, right? Yeah, back to back. Okay. Yeah. Because like, it just kind of, I think it just blended into like the one day in my brain. Yeah. And also like freaked out about the live lab where I'm just like having to worry about the talk about whatever you want is more straightforward. But that'd actually be, I'm kind of curious to go check out. I'm sure I have that saved like somewhere on my personal computer that old presentation I'm curious what it looks like yeah yeah no I've I've taken a look at mine and I'm like oh my god <laughs> <laughs> it looks weird but um but yeah so that takes us to like our first week in oh and another thing you know like uh the recruitment stuff went really fast for me too like they you know as soon as I was done like I think the next day they reached out to me and then the following day I already had like a um an offer and they gave us I think they gave us like a week to decide um so that was good you know like you didn't have to wait as long because like I've heard that there's people that apply and they get a call like three months after or four months after yeah I do want to do a PSA for college students who might hear that and that freak them out a little bit because like there was a lot of people at Boston College where I went who like funneled into Oracle and I don't, I, I'm not privy to that process, but they kind of keep, they kept those applications up pretty long. Mm -hmm. And I think it's just kind of depending on like when they grab those in batches. So if you're like applying to Oracle and you're like a college student for like an entry level thing and like months go by and you're like, I just heard Zach and Ramu, it went super quick. Like part of that was the timing of they still had the applications open. We were getting close to the start and like they're moving people along for, like a mid-year winter class of which is still that's a little bit more rare because most of the class of programs are for your like standard summer fresh start like out of college people right mm -hmm. um so i guess we so, can yeah first week of yeah. class of we started ospa do you remember what ospa stands for it's like oracle, oracle sales, sales partner academy yeah Okay, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Those are like our onboarding and kind of like intro Oracle Sales Org 101 people. Like what was your kind of impression of thoughts of like going through that program? Because wasn't that like four, our first four weeks at Oracle? Yes, it was four okay. weeks, four first weeks at Oracle. And it was, so I had COVID, you remember? Like my first week. <laughs> I forgot about that. So yeah. were you out that first week and then you came in the second oh. or did you still, no, didn't you like work through it and you told like Frank and Sangeeta or something and they're like, why are you here? Like I, I told them like after, like, I think like after, way after, you know, that uh -huh. I had COVID, but 
I honestly was kind of like half zombie, half human because <laughs> I was like so congested. Um, and like, you know, like, I don't know if you've ever had COVID, but you know, you get really tired. So I was so like, kind of like sleepy, you know? But anyway, so I remember like, we went to like the setup thing, you know, like setting up our computer and all this stuff. And that was with the BDCs too. Actually, you know what? I just remembered. So Oracle had this little thing where um, it had like two workshops uh, before it started, before like we started working. And um, I actually got to talk to a BDC girl that ended up in Austin, but it was kind of like a networking experience um, where there were SEs and BDCs. I don't know. Like I never saw anyone from our cohort. Like your specific like two person cohort or like our team? Like our team in general. I didn't see anyone from our team, like Sangeeta's or Frank's team. Oh, um, yeah. Basically, we went over like presenting about other people, kind of like a little bit of like a sales training before work started. So, and it was optional. It wasn't like, you know, you were required to do it, but I, I joined that. Yeah, um, I was on that call too. I remember like... You were? Having one of, two in the I, I was I was on... <laughs> It, it's so long ago now i'm like trying yeah. to remember the details like i was on something like some kind of like pre-call before we actually started yeah yeah well yeah i don't remember anyone from our team but anyway so yeah um i think i liked it i liked the the one month of like training and stuff like that because it helped me um kind of like starting that mindset of like caring about presentations and stuff like that because I don't know about you, but me, like I, I did presentations for like every class, you know, at the end of every semester, but I was terrible at presenting. I hated presenting. I didn't want to do anything. Like I did the bare minimum, to be honest, you know, just mm -hmm. to get my grade and like, you know, and that's it, you know, I was so the exact same boat. Like I hated team presentations. I hated individual presentations in college. Like mm -hmm. that's one of the things that. I would say class stuff was like really helpful with mm -hmm. is even when you're just doing your mock run throughs, like just getting used to presenting in front of people, especially like strangers and those who like you're not as comfortable with. Cause like, that's not, unless you seek those things out specifically in college and school, you don't really get good practice on it. And like, especially in like the corporate business world mm -hmm. presenting and being able to speak is like one of the, most important skills exactly yes mm -hmm. so definitely if you're in college and you're thinking of getting into tech i don't know it depends on like the position right like i think um software engineers or developers they don't present as much but like i feel like in oracle overall a lot of people present you know like they mm -hmm. they have to and it's a good skill to have so definitely like take presentations more serious you know um another thing that i remember a lot well like we did a lot of build, um team building activities and talking about ourselves getting to know our, um each other and stuff like that um but i remember that the first day when everyone was introducing themselves i feel like the majority were like um like computer science people statistics engineering and stuff like that 
So for me, it kicked hard to like think that, wow, like <laughs> what am I doing here? You know, like I, I, of course I did say, you know, like I have a master's in information systems, but it, it was just like nothing like you can imagine, you know, like we kind of learn how to like, how the things like the theory part, you know, not really like the application part. So, and it was very like business oriented. So I definitely felt like, you know, like, I don't know what I'm doing here, basically. Yeah. One of the things that OSPA was good for is like, I feel like training programs are hard because like with like a lot of the times the training people are their professional trainers like they don't do that role so there is like a little bit of like where do you take like the academia and the concepts of a topic and like where's the blind spot towards like the actual experience but like one of the things that like I do give OSPA credit for and like just even in our experience being in solution engineering versus kind of say what I like see now in product management is like it does get you used to the or the oracle and like tech sales corporate culture like they teach you all the buzzwords and stuff, mm -hmm. which I think is good because at least the way that like I personally apply is like I like getting to know all the kind of like corporate culturally buzzwordy things so I can get like a rhythm for that language of speaking. And then I kind of go like, okay, what do I apply to personal Zach where I don't want to like just sound like some kind of like corporate like duh, 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 just unauthentic right. saying all the words but there's like no person behind it because like at least in my experience like the more human and the more like close to myself I can be while also mm -hmm. professionally being the role that I have to be the more I'm able to resonate so getting the presentation reps in were good uh getting exposed to kind of the sales vocabulary and all that was also really helpful. Mm -hmm. It was interesting because I'm kind of like similar to you. I also had like the ugh, everyone's like comp sci type background here. Mm -hmm. But there was a part of me that was like, I may not have the like specific technical backgrounds, but most of you are fresh out of college. Mm -hmm. And I've been in the working world and like, I've had my soul like grinded down driving an hour and a half each way to my desk job like I know kind of ha like the whole just I know like to suck it up like do your work and like push yourself hard because you're in the adult world now and there's stakes so I do feel like kind of having that mindset and just even any kind of professional experience and getting used to having to function in the adult, the adult world was like really helpful going in because it was something that like a lot of our class up people didn't they didn't like not to like any fault of their own but like they didn't have the background or just like perspective to kind of like know that game you could you could tell the people who had like prior professional experience yeah yeah definitely I agree with that um and honestly like I didn't even like I wish I would have like approached it that way you know because like mm -hmm. I could have also been like yeah I've I've given like cold calls like I've done cold calls like first thing in the morning you know talking to people and everything um so yeah I mean I, I think that is a positive right like now that I think about it you know um so I I feel like also class off was really good for people like that because we were kind of like in college, you know, like in Oracle University, you know, um, trying to learn everything, getting into rhythm and like 
they can't like I feel like Frank and Sangeeta kind of like held our hand for some time you know until mm -hmm. we were like comfortable I guess up to a point you know so I think it's a really good experience if you're out of college and if you're not like well like you know it's still like good to like get into the tech industry you know um I think another thing that I would I was thinking about now that like you reminded me now that you were talking about you know like you working and be before getting into Oracle and all that stuff and is that I felt like I was kind of like old you know I was like yeah <laughs> I'm too old to be here you know and like I mean you're you're still younger than me right but I was like wow like they just graduated you know they just came out of college and I'm coming in you know so I thought that was a little bit weird in my sense too, you know, like part of my insecurity too was that I was like all to this, you know, group. <laughs> my whole Oracle career has been like, there has been just this shroud of an identity crisis yeah. around my age since I first came here. Because I'm like, I'm too old for the class ofs, but I'm also too young for all these like product managers who want me to watch like Back to the Future or something. <laughs> like, yeah. So it's, that has been, like, very funny because, like, I do feel like with the class of, like, I made some good friends in that program. And there were people who were, like, a little bit older. And, like, because how old was I then? Um, I'm 26 now. It's March of 2023. So that was, like, two years ago. Yes, yeah, so I was, like, 24 at the time. And there were, like, some people who were, like, a little bit older. But, like, I do feel like overall it was nice because even though some of the people were younger, like I was able to find like a nice little group of people socially where like, I don't feel like I'm speaking to like my sister's age or something for people yeah. who aren't aware of my sister's three or four years younger than me. Yeah. So that that's a little bit of a too much younger Gen Z for me, but like yeah. two years younger I can handle. Exactly. Yeah. So I feel like those were like the main things that I remember from like my first introduction, you know, experience to like class of. Mm -hmm. Do, do yes. you have any, any other ones? Like, I'm just trying to think like, cause what was, uh, what was your experience like picking your pillar? So I don't know if we gave like a specific definition of solution engineering, in this episode, like I know we talked about in the last one, but in case you did kind of hop into this one or you forget, uh, basically before Ramu and I started as product managers, the solution engineering position that we were in, we were kind of like an in-between between product management and salespeople. So like your sales rep, they're the ones managing the deal. They generally stay like purely on the sales side of the tech and kind of like high level in the presentations solution engineers are your technical experts on the sales call so like we can like do things from like run through demos orchestrate labs we give the more technical presentations like we're supposed to be like the technical resource during the sales process um and when we first started and after we went through like our ospa training one of the big things we had to decide was what our pillar would be, which was like, what area of tech would we focus on? So like one of the big positions at Oracle in the solution engineering side of things in like the platform level of technical depth is like cloud engineers. Like these are solution engineers who focus on 
the Oracle cloud infrastructure, we were a licensed on-premises organization. So although we still had to learn cloud stuff, our basic area of focus was like on-premises, like customers have their own databases, like their own machines, they're running softwares on their own computers type technology. And our choices for what we focused on was either database, analytics, or middleware. Um, so like, what was your experience of that? Um, so to be honest, I wanted to do analytics, but I think mm. there were only three people that, that were going to get uh, chosen for analytics. So I kind of felt like I wasn't going to be chosen. So I went for <laughs> database um, and I wanted to do analytics because I feel like that's more of like what I did um, during my master's program, you know, um, but for database, actually I took a database class and that was like my least favorite class. Like I struggled so much, you know, to like understand everything. Um, so I was a little scared of like picking it wasn't actually, it wasn't called database. It was called data management. So mm -hmm. um, that's, so like I picked data management first of all, because it had the database and I know that Oracle is very known for the database, you know? So I was like, you know, like this might be like a good area for me to like actually, oh. you know, learn, right? And it had a little bit of like data, you know, like managing data and stuff like that. So I was like, okay, like I, I, I'm not going to go for analytics, but maybe, you know, I'll get a little bit of like the analytics side, you know, in data management. And, um, and honestly, I don't regret it. I feel like I, I learned so much and it was useful, you know, since mm -hmm. right now we're like in the database organization anyways, you know? Yeah. It was funny. Cause for me, when I was looking at it, uh, I knew I didn't want to do analytics just because that was too close to like my business analytics background. I wanted to try something new. I ended up going with middleware, which is basically like focused on our web logic product. But I forget why I chose. I remember it was like something that I put a lot of thought into and I was taking it seriously. And I was like doing the whole like, which like obviously database is like in data management, like super strong product area. And like, I was also like looking at our middleware and like, okay, our middleware is like solid stuff too. And all that, it's something that I give a lot of thought to the decision in retrospect, I forgot what like the deciding factor of choosing middleware for me, which is like kind of ironic that it didn't like matter at the end of the day. Yeah, Did you, you have know, a thought on that? No, like, I feel like we spoke about it and I think you mentioned security. Like, oh yeah. Cause, oh, they wanted, cause they were, I forget how we got on it but like frank and sangita we like thought it would be good to have me like learn oracle security mm -hmm. and yeah they're gonna have me do like an oracle security focus but put me in the middleware pillar because like because mm -hmm. i can be like really good with like detail oriented stuff mm -hmm. we thought that could be like a good fit for it it's funny because like the way things ended up progressing was I kind of became like a hybrid solution engineer between data management and middleware where like they brought me in to do some 
like autonomous database presentations and I was like doing a presentation and project on data safe, which is like some of our database security stuff. So I ended up like becoming a mix of things, which I kind of liked, but it was one of those things that like looking at it, I mean, I know they were definitely, I kind of like fell into some special projects and stuff where I was able to kind of go across those lines. Like I know some people's experience on the class of team was more like stick to your pillar, but I do kind of like find it funny that like at least my experience was I took it so seriously, like thinking it was like some choosing your house in Harry, like in Hogwarts, like Harry Potter, like, well, do I want to be Gryffindor or Slytherin? And once I make one choice, I'm stuck here forever. So I better choose right. But like in the reality, it ended up being like a much more like fluid experience for me. So yeah. that was like pretty cool. Before I mean, we go further, I'm calling yeah. <laughs> bathroom break. Okay. <laughs> I really hope this. Okay, we're going to try to keep it to one bathroom break this episode. I think I had like two or three the last one. I don't want this to become a thing. So you, you're going to get gonna be called like the bathroom boy. Like I, legit. I hate, <laughs> I hate that name so much, but it's so good. <laughs> I was literally, when I was reviewing the podcast episode, the first one, there was one point where I'm like, I am being so fidgety in my chair right now. I'm like, am I okay? And then like <laughs> two seconds later, I'm like, I have to go to the bathroom. Can we pause again? <laughs> and I'm like, damn it. <laughs> All okay. right. Cool. <laughs> Hello. Okay, I'm back. You still recording and everything? Yep. Okay. I mean, the bathroom I... boy is back. <laughs> After like our first year of recording these, I know we've been like talking about doing a clip channel. Um, yeah. We should just do a compilation of like every time well, I go the to the bathroom <laughs> and just like title it Rise of the Bathroom Boy. <laughs> <laughs> we we should change our podcast to bathroom, bathroom breaks or something. Our managers would be like, you know, we were really on board of this when it was like about product management, but we're <laughs> not so sure about the direction of uh, the newest title. <laughs> Her audience are going to come in thinking it's something completely different. Like, this is not what I thought I was signing up for when I searched for bathroom boy. <laughs> well, the day that you're, you're like being called bathroom boy, that's the day that we know we made it. <laughs> if I, if my VP ever just like calls me in for a performance review, and he's like, okay, bathroom boy. Like that's when I'm like, I can, I'm going to go die now somewhere. Like, <laughs> but yeah, so that was basically the beginning of, like, the class of experience. Um, I don't think we need to do, like, a month-by-month play-by-play on everything. Mm -hmm. But, like, I do think it could be useful to, like, brainstorm, like, what some of the most, like, impactful moments of going through the class of program were. And we could kind of, like, zoom into those time periods. Because, like, generally the gist was of the program, um... We started off at Oracle, first month was OSPA, they give us our pillars, and then we start training up on our products, like, we do, like, team building stuff, presentation practices, we have to put together these, like, projects and presentations, and we start scheduling calls, and the whole, basically, thing we're progressing to is after a year on the class of team, mm -hmm. they start, we graduate from it, and they start sprinkling us into, like, the professional teams across solution engineering and right. if you go to another org like teams in that yeah um so i feel like 
um like basically i guess the highlights were definitely like that you get to like learn about you know your products inside of your pillar um we did most of our presentations um in a group right so for example like i started with like um anthony and killian right mm -hmm. um and I feel like so like at the beginning my sense was that we were going to continue to be in that group I guess we called it cohort right like we were in the same cohort at that time um because we were like preparing to go into sales you know like into our sales cycle with that team right so like we were getting ready to like you know practice with them um present with them and all that stuff and periodically we would have a presentation that we would have to get ready for and present to like uh, Frank and Sangita, maybe other people in our org, right? And they would give us feedback on things. Um, they would act, you know, it was kind of like a role play where they would act um, like a, the customer and they might be mean or they might be happier or, you know, more quiet or something. So, um <laughs> Actually, those role plays can be pretty funny they they could be yeah. pretty sassy like during them watching i remember saying you specifically trying to like put her like mean girl face on for that at points yeah yeah funny. yeah that yeah <laughs> and frank like every time i was like I, I always was like oh my god i hope frank doesn't ask me anything you know yeah <laughs> Because he was always asking stuff. Um, and actually, like like you said, right? Like after, so like the first month I started under Sangita's team, right? And then, but we didn't really have like one-on-ones or anything because we were doing OSPA, but then they switched me to Frank's team. So and you were I the reverse of what I did. Yeah, you started on Sangita's and went to Frank. I started on Frank and went to Sangita. Exactly, mm -hmm. yes. And then I stayed at Frank's team um, for a long time, actually, until like at the end where, again, <laughs> I switched to Sangeeta's team. So I had like both. <laughs> Wait, when they switch you over and why? I'm trying to remember this. Um, I think it ended up being something like uh, Frank would have all of the analytics cohorts and then uh -huh. Sangeeta would have um, data management and web logic i think was this how far into the class of program was this because i do remember it didn't affect me mm -hmm. but i do remember they like were doing a little bit of yeah moving around because of the cohorts yeah so this was like maybe like two months before two three months maybe so like around like october or something like that um, oh two three months before we left um yes. Yes. Okay, not yeah, not two, three months after we started. Okay, yeah. Yeah, so like I was basically the only girl in Frank's team <laughs> for a very long time. Um, but I can't complain to be honest, because like, you know, everyone was super nice to me and everything. Um, but yeah, there wasn't a lot of girls in his team. <laughs> I mean, after that, um uh, Mal Malia came in, you know, so we were <laughs> the only two girls, and then I left, so she was the only girl. Um but I feel like I did get like the like the good, um, you know, like the good characteristics of on being in both teams because like I learned a lot from Frank. Like Frank, he would be the person that would ask so many questions during the the presentation that I feel like I was already like Frank proof in my presentations. Yeah. You know, like um, since like I did a lot of dry runs with him, 
um I would already kind of know what he could ask me and what he could not ask me you know so that was really like for example he would always say like whatever is in a slide is like fair game for me to ask you know if you don't mention it like I might ask on it so like I would know everything like every single word like everything you know so that's definitely a good skill because even now there are times when like I'll get slide decks from other PMs or people mm-hmm. and like the idea is being like, Oh, you can grab slides from this if you need it for your own presentations or if you need to use it. And like, I'm very, I'm still now very particular where if there's something I don't understand on the slide, I'm like, I need to make sure I do my research and like, I know it or I'm taking it off. Cause like, I don't want to risk that. Like I'm already too busy worrying about what you're asked, like what you want to ask that I'm not like, being aware of I should have the stuff that I'm aware of like under my belt kind of thing mm-hmm. yeah no 100% like that's something that I learned right because sometimes we're we're like okay you know like whatever is in that slide is in the slide and I'm going to have to know everything and you know like I have to stick to it but in, in reality you can delete it you know like you don't have to stress like if you don't know it perfectly delete it get rid of it you know mm-hmm. Um, I think another good thing that we learned in OSPA was personas that some like, you know, after we moved on, like we didn't really use it as much, but it is important to know that like, you know, there's people that are more technical than others, you know, like if you're talking to a business person, like you don't have to go a lot into like the technical detail, but like at the end of the day, we want to solve people's problems, you know, like as SEs or as product managers, that's our number one thing, you know? And like, we're here to help, you know, to like help them with their issues. So sometimes we get too like caught up in like how cool our product is that we forget that we're actually just solving their issue, you know? Yeah. So I think a key point that I learned during like the presentations and stuff. Like what was your thoughts on your manager dynamic? Because like one of the things that stuck out to me most that I think like really served me well in my career and just like my relationship with Sangeeta mm-hmm. was we're both people who are like very big on trust we're like kind of like and it's, it's something I was definitely thinking about more having had professional experience before but like my whole kind of mindset towards work is like I don't like being micromanaged mm-hmm. and I like I very much one of the things for me at least where if you want to know if like I'll be effective for you or not is like I need to be able to like real talk with you where if something's on my mind or I have a question or like, I'm like working through some kind of problem. Like I need to be able to just kind of like word vomit at you and not like worry so much about. Yeah. Where it just, you basically, I'm just talking about like the natural human thing of like building up a repertoire where with your like manager so that when you talk to them, like, okay, I know where Zach's coming from. I give him the benefit of a doubt. And like, I understand his perspective and I trust him. Cause like, that was like, I would say with class of, if you want to know how you can just really make or break your experience, like being fresh out of college, like do things that shows your manager that you want to be a person that they can trust. And then they will trust you. And then them knowing that like, you don't have to be on their radar for keeping an eye on just for like, basic job duties like showing up doing your work is this person lying to me like Mm -hmm. both your lives will be made so much easier and there's like so much 
benefits to it just in terms of like not having people on your back but just also knowing when you're communicating with like that person it's like you can act on that information more directly because you don't have to put it through your skepticism filters like so that was like something that was like really impactful for me that I noticed there were like people especially because we did start out in a remote work environment because like we were still middle of covid there were people who were like abusing the fact that's like, hey, this is this is remote work, and like your parents aren't here, your managers aren't your parents, and they're not in your room knowing exactly what you are and aren't doing. Don't get me wrong; you will eventually get caught because if you're not putting the time in, it's like you're not as crafty as like you think you're gonna be. But just like knowing that like your manager didn't have to like waste time and energy playing those games with you, like I do think puts you in like a really good perspective yeah um i feel like there's been like a switch in like the way at least like our generation thinks about how to work in general mm -hmm. you know? like for example like i think that now we try to kind of be more real you know like in a sense of like we're not like just acting like oh, like, I'm in my workspace, I shouldn't act like this, I shouldn't be myself, I should, you know, talk a certain way, or like, yeah, like, there is a place to do that, right? Like, if you're talking to a customer or someone like that, you know, you, of course, have to act professional. Um, I'm not saying that swearing or like, you know, <laughs> using like, bad language is the right way, even with your manager, you know, but I do think that keeping it honest, you know, and like, just feeling comfortable with your manager, because sometimes like, we forget that we're humans, you know, at work, or like, maybe that's not seem as like the right thing to do, or like the right way to like interact with your team or your manager or whatever, right. But like, I feel like I've had like, I've been really lucky to like, for example, like with Frank and Sangeeta, I was always able to be myself in the sense of like, I, I could tell them how I felt, or for example, like, um, I remember when I was like um, switching positions, right? And I was talking to Frank and Sangita, like I, I met with both of them, you know? And I told them what was worrying me, what I didn't understand, you know, like as a first generation college student, you know, like first person to like, you know, get a job in corporate America and all that stuff. Like there was a lot of things that I didn't know exactly how to handle, right? So like being able to tell them that, you know, was something like, you know, like, it makes me feel like, okay, I'm comfortable and I'm in a safe place to like share my insecurities, you know? And I feel like that brings trust between you and your manager, right? Because they like, you might think that just because you're remote, they don't know like if you're working or not, but they know, you know, like, I don't know how, but they know, you know? Yeah, basically like your relationship with your manager is kind of like a relationship of a spouse. Like they're eventually, they're going to find out. Yeah. And there is definitely like, this is, this is one of the things where like, I've, I've been lucky that at least like in my professional life, I've had good people that I've like worked for but like one of the things that I've just seen from other people who I'm friends with or just hearing stories is mm -hmm. it's very easy especially when you're young to have toxic experience just like with relationships like to have toxic experiences with someone and just kind of go like this is the norm this is what I take as a person and this is what I expect and if you kind of like have that attitude then when you look for your next job you're not going to kind of like put your foot down for like 
at the prospect of working for toxic people. It's just like, oh, like I have to suck it up. It's part of my job. I got to make a living. It's called work, not fun for a reason. But like one of the things I learned from just both Frank and Sangeeta, like obviously most of my interaction was with Sangeeta, but like Frank was also like a huge mentor for me, is just the importance of that healthy manager relationship. And because I kind of like, from my experience with both of them, gave myself this expectation of like, I know I'm a hard worker, I'm willing to be a good person and like hold myself to like moral values with them. I deserve to be working with someone who does the same to me. And like, I think it's because of that, like mindset, that's like, I got lucky with getting Jeff. And it's not even just luck. It's like people, people kind of like hold that self esteem and just sense of value and and responsibility because it's not just what what can they do for me it's what do what do I offer for them people are attracted to that and look for more of that so that's how you kind of build your career and keep going is make yourself the person that your manager wants on their team and then you have the bargaining power to look for the manager who deserves you as an employee and like keep following that positive energy into like further and further interactions along your career. Cause that is like one of the most, I would say dangerous upward or downward spirals. Cause whether you're looking to something optimistically and positively or negatively, like those energies feed further in their own respective direction. And like, once you hit like one bad person, you go downhill, it is very easy to spiral and go, well, if they don't give a shit about me, I'm not going to care about my job. Exactly. And I'm doing bare minimum. The problem with that though, is you think you're hurting them but then you go, yourself shoot, through. I'm looking for a new job and I don't have as much as to show for as I could have. Mm-hmm. So you don't get as good of job positions in the future and the trend just continues. Like that's like one of those big fears in my mind, at least that I always keep in the back of my head, like why you want to make sure you kind of like hold yourself to a standard. So, you know, one of like the the talks that I like appreciate the most and like, of course, like, you know, I haven't told this to anyone, you know, because like, mm-hmm. I don't know, like we don't talk about things like that normally. Right. But um, I don't know if you remember, one, but one time Sangeeta invited Kay to like to talk to us like the first time. I was hoping we would talk about this. Yeah, we need to go yeah. into this topic. Because, like, I always had this perspective that, like, you know, like, if you're at work, like, you don't have to talk about your personal life. Like, that has nothing to do with, like, your work life. Um, You know, you have to be a certain way. Like, I don't know. Like, I don't know if this is something that, like, I got from college or I don't know where I got this from, you know. <laughs> but it's just, it was just a thing for me, you know. Like, I would go to work. I would not talk about my personal life. I would not mm-hmm. complain about anything. Like, I, I just, like, focus at work doing work stuff and I only spoke about work stuff right but of course like we are humans right like how do we build connections right like for example I'm I'm a person that I care about people right like if you tell me like you know hey I have a I have a problem like I'm gonna try to solve your problem even if it's not my problem just like give you like a solution somehow you know or like Mm -hmm. at least like check on you to make sure that you're fine right and Kay was talking about how, like, you know, like, um, she, for example, every time she talks to someone, um, she would, like, remember something that they told her, and then, like, in the next conversation, bring it up, you know, and, like, build that connection, right, like, and how, like, important networking is and stuff like that, right, so sometimes, like, yeah, like, you know, networking is a great 
thing to do, right? Like overall, right? But sometimes you don't click with people. Like for example, like um, I feel like I didn't do this with my first mentor that they they like assigned me to, you know. So like I feel like we we weren't able to connect as much, you know, compared to like my adopted mentor that was David, <laughs> that was Killian's and Thea's. David's um, David Start. No, now. Oh, oh, David now, yeah. Yes. I, for a second, when you said now, I'm, I thought you meant like well, the David the now. now. <laughs> <laughs> but which David? No, I know you're talking about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, so like with him, I connected like really well, right? Like, um, I feel like I reached out to him a lot. He would reach out to me a lot, you know? So like, I don't know, like it's, it's important to bring those person, personal connections, you know, like, um, I know like, for example, with Sangeeta, like I'll talk to her about like her life, you know, she will ask me about my life. She will ask me how everything is going. Like those little things do matter you know because we are in a work environment but we are also humans you know and like um I feel like after that like first presentation and talking like how she was talking about how she approached everything you know like it was not it wasn't only that like there was a lot of things that you know she she made me think about like okay like maybe I should bring my authentic Ramu into like you know play you know so, um, so yeah, I feel like I, I continue to do that. And let's say that if in the future, hopefully I don't get a manager or a team that, you know, don't like that authenticity of Ramu, then, you know, like we might not be able to work together. You know what I'm saying? Like, it might be a little more uncomfortable for me, but like, again, with this team, like, I feel like I'm very like comfortable to be able to talk about, you know, like something personal, if anything, you know? Or like ask them how they're doing or I don't know. Like I feel like I can show that I care, you know, because that's something important to me as a person, you know? Yeah. And like there are two topics that you touched on there that I want to go into. The first one is I had like the same exact experience with my mentor where the first person I was assigned. Um, and this this is there was something from this that I really noticed. And my girlfriend's uh, a manager. So it's like. It's something that I've mentioned with her and it was just like such a little thread that I picked up on. So my first uh, mentor, like really nice person. And I would say the conversations went well, but for me, mentorship has always been something I've taken like very seriously throughout my whole life. Like I can point to very specific people in high school, college, et cetera, who have had an impact on me. And like, because of it, I've always had like a very focused perspective and like way I like treat mentorship. So there was like something about that where I'm like, this person's great, but like, I don't know. I just, I didn't feel the kind of connection or, connection or frequency that I wanted. And Sangeeta was like asking, um, she was like checking and she's like, Hey, like, how are things with your mentor? And I was like talking about it. And she's like, would you like to like get a new one? And like, I paused for a second and I don't remember her exact words, but she said something reassuring to whole like, hey, like it's not, I feel like there's in, in this culture, there's like such a idea of, I, I think it's like we have, we put ourselves out there so much and everything is like, there's so many interactions we have to keep track of. And there's a lot of like in and out of people of your life. Like we're afraid of like rejection 
And because of that, we're also afraid of rejecting other people because it goes as like this insecurity of like, we don't like being rejected because we go, what's wrong with me? And we also go, I don't like rejecting other people because you're like, I don't want them to think I think something's wrong with them. So that was the kind of like fear in my mind. Like thinking is like, hey, like it's chill if you and your mentor like aren't as close as possible. Like this is supposed to be like a long-term resource for you. So like, it's not a testament to them. So I'm like, okay, like, cool. And I'm like, yeah, like, I do think that it might be good to like, see what other options are there. And the mentor that I got matched with after um, Ronald Mayfield, he's like the super impressive, like distinguished master principal, one of like the highest enterprise architects at Oracle. Uh, enterprise architect is like a solutions engineer except for rather focusing on one technology, you get brought in to do these like huge overarching plans and roadmaps of for companies of like how not just one tech, but like a suite of our technologies can all work together and transform your entire business process and like save you so much money and costs and stuff. Like that's what he does. And like Ron's still someone who I meet with now, like monthly, one of the most, like impactful resources like exactly what i need and i've had like such a good relationship with him but like if i hadn't like if i hadn't gone over my kind of like fear of oh what would this say socially or just potentially like job politically about switching i'm just like what do i think is best for me mm -hmm. it's led to something just like really helpful so i do that's something where like especially in early career like a good skill to learn is you're going to meet like a lot of people and don't take it personally if you don't jive with everyone you meet and don't like beat yourself up or like get weird over apology if you don't like mix perfectly well with, like other people and say like things don't end up being the most like tight relationship ever just because like it's kind of just just average good people rules just be respectful, treat people well, and kind of be graceful in those like entrances and exits. And you don't have to feel bad about say like stuff not working out. But like the second thing I wanted to get to, because this was like extra important, that first meeting with Kay, because Kay was a mentor for Sangeeta. And um, I'm not sure how like much you interact with like Kay now, but like she's definitely been like a huge mentor in my career. One of the things that struck me most about Kay, where I'm like, I need to pay attention to this woman in my career, is that authenticity. Where, yeah. like, my whole life, I think I can't pinpoint what exactly led to this, but it's just not whether it was a combination of like upbringing, expectations, school system, my own personality, etc. I always, and I, I think there is something to do with the way that we kind of put pressure on kids where it's like, if you're not perfect and get all A's and get into the top Ivies, like there's just this feel of like failing. And if you mess up like one spot, all comes crumbling down. But like, basically like early in twenties, I had this perspective of, I have to become someone and that to be professional and successful, you have to like be taken seriously and be a business person. Mm -hmm. And I think part of it was the ecosystem I was exposed to in college, which is investment banking, management consulting, high finance, because 
in a lot of ways, it's like, yeah, you show up to work and there's a level of like your suit and tie professional that is especially strict for those areas. Mm-hmm. At least with tech and me, particularly, like one of the things I've learned from Kay is the power of authenticity. Where it's like, I'm not good at putting like fronts up or feeling like I have to kind of worry about the version of Zach I am. Mm-hmm. And like doing those kind of things really exhaust me. So it's like kind of like one of the things about like me switching into tech was like, I need to pursue, like I, I switched away from the mindset of, I need to get a job and just find a way to provide for myself and take care of myself to like, I moved up the Maslow's hierarchy of needs of like, okay, I have my job. I have an income. I have a little bit of experience I can point to. What would I find personally fulfilling? Cause the more I've moved closer to that authenticity, the more I've like unlocked this energy and seeing how Kay's not afraid of her energy. Here's someone who goes like, look, it's like, I will do my job awesome, but I'm not afraid to take like the raw personal human that's going to rub people the wrong way sometimes and like worry too much about offending someone. Like I'm going to be Kay Malcolm with all of the good and the bad, the like the ups and the downs, the like, I am who I am. I don't need to explain myself to you kind of thing. Like that just like struck me as like, whoa. And it was like that kind of energy that I'm like, I want to learn from this and be able to become the most authentic version myself. Cause like, I kind of got the inkling when I heard from that, I'm like, what, what has it been up until this point where there's just been this kind of general malaise and feeling a bit like detached from your career and I think it was like, it did have to do with this thing of like, I can't be Zach. I have to be this thing. So it's like, well, the thing I have to be for work, I'll give it the energy it needs, but because I can't be myself, my work, it's like, you're kind of like holding yourself back, but like, just kind of, as we see now, Jeff has been super supportive for me being my authentic self. Kay obviously has. And I would say the database PM org is like very good about that. And there are so many like, brilliant smart creative like all over the place people with so many personalities and like if i didn't feel supported and like i was able to keep starting to grow into the authentic zach i wouldn't have like done telkey tech i wouldn't have started this podcast with you because i would go like well i'm afraid of putting myself out there and it not being quote unquote allowed so it's like there is some there's something to k i saw there where i'm starting to see it flourish in my own life now where it's like that kind of authentic self that's not something to be afraid of it's like that's the source of like your fire and energy it's like especially if you're going to do something creative in your work it's kind of impossible to do that without tapping into that like creative personal energy yep no I literally like 100% agree with all of that and Mm -hmm. I think that I'm like for me that talk like was kind of like saying something like you know like for example like I feel like when I'm not able to be myself I feel uncomfortable you know like I barely talk like I'm a very quiet person like if you see me not talking that's like me saying I'm not comfortable we're we're both the same way in that where it's like we will both shut down if we're it could even be an environment where we could be okay being our authentic self but it's like if we have any kind of like our threat detection system goes off of us being authentic here, 
good guess in trouble, we'll just shut down because it's like, it's not worth the risk kind of thing. And I think that's something like a lot of people can relate to. Yeah. And like, not only that, but like, it's, I mean, you, you said it could have been like the way, you know, like what you were around before you, you came into Oracle or like heard that talk for me, it's the same way. Like, you know, no one tells you, you can be your authentic self, you know, people tell you like, Oh, you need to dress this way. Like, for example, if you were to tell me that I would be sitting in my couch right now talking to you, you know, in a let's say work environment, even though this is not, you know, with this shirt, you know, like I would have been like, that's impossible. Like, this is work. You know what I mean? Like, for me, talking to you would have been like work, you know. But then now people, someone comes, you know, with like a bigger position than yours, you know. And tells you, hey, be your authentic self. Like, it's okay, you know? Like, you should be this way, you know? Because, like, why not, you know? That's, like, something that was, like, wow. You know, like, I'm doing something wrong, you know? Yeah, and, like, and here's the thing. This is the kicker behind of all of it. It's, like, it may seem like there's these, like, malicious forces out there being, like, oh, don't be your authentic self. A lot of the time, it's not people saying, don't be your authentic self. It's the people who care about you and are close to you who are worried about you like don't take any risks too crazy like you have a good thing going don't blow it it's like it's that kind of stuff where it's not the message they want to get across but it's how like literally everyone perceives it you just go like because what you take is like i should be scared and what do you do when you're scared you close up you like you take like part of yourself and you kind of put that like wall of security around it and that's what like brings you into your more quiet less open less able to kind of like share explore create like types of modes that you need to like do what we do a hundred percent yeah so basically since then I've tried my best because at the same time like it takes time right to like rewire yourself to be more open to things or to actually speak up right like before I didn't really like um share my opinions because i was like i'm not an expert in here you know like why am i going to like you know bring also yeah let's be completely honest sharing your opinions in like this day and age like we all see what happens to people on the internet that's a dangerous game (laughs) i know exactly like even doing this podcast right like i told Uh you right like i i kind of told you like you know like are we like are we fine with like you know doing it unedited like you know because Mm -hmm. like i'm wired to be worried about everything i say you know of course especially in the internet, right? But, you know, like, those are things that I'm starting to, like, rewire. But this was, like, my wake-up call, you know? Like, that talk was my wake-up call, you know? (laughs) So, yeah, I think overall, like, those manager, like, manager interactions on everything, if you show yourself as the person that you are, you know, and if you're a good fit to your team, like everything should be fine, you know, like you shouldn't be scared to be you, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's something else where it's like, the good fits important. And especially if you have that like overachiever mindset from school of, Mm -hmm. you're not worried about being a good fit. You just think in terms of like, is this something I can get into? Yes or no? If not, why am I not good enough? Like, that's a very easy default. But it's like, no, it's like, as you get older, it's like, you have strengths and weaknesses and personalities and like, your own personal frequencies. Like, this is just as much about finding harmony in the group you're joining. Because like, every team group company, they got their own like music and rhythm they're going to. And you can both be good musicians, 
but you have to like be in that same beat that they're going. Otherwise things aren't going to work. And that's not something that like we teach people enough where it's like, it's very much like, Oh, there are these exclusive clubs that you got to get into like the top schools, the top, the top companies. And if you're not there, you got to work to get there because of like the rat race and you don't want to be a failure and all that stuff. And like, blah, blah, blah. But like the real picture is it's much more intricate and complex than that. And this isn't some straightforward, clear-cut path where you follow these instructions that other people tell you, and like you, <laughs> you, and you, you get to the finish line that you're promised. Because, like, let's be honest, like a lot of there will be people and there will be paths that are clear-cut and straightforward, but they tend not to be the most fulfilling. And just like look back at like on your own life and like all those moments that you didn't expect and couldn't have predicted like that's part of the future too so yeah i think we've been going for a while um one last thing i want to mention is after that conversation with Kay, where she came and spoke to our team Mm -hmm. uh i had like i like reached out to her and had an individual conversation with her i she shared her story in that and i don't want to get into this podcast but i know one of the things we're talking about is like having guests in the future we're both lucky because we have relationships with people all across Oracle. Mm-hmm. So like, I think it'd be like not only just good to get like guests in like Jeff and Kay and like potentially your manager and stuff, but also people from like other orgs and groups. But Kay is definitely one of the people I would like to get on this show and especially kind of tell her story, like her big DBA one from the beginning yeah. of her career, if she's like interested in it, because that's like a very powerful story. Yeah. So yeah, do we do we want to like end it here and then we can just continue yeah. um the rest of the solution engineering story and kind of how we got into PM <laughs> next time? Sounds good. Okay. Yeah. I like this like structure. I I like it that we're not say going like, oh, we have to cover all this territory yeah. in like each specific episode. We're like, how much time do we want to spend going and we're kind of like going with the process? Yeah. To like a good flow natural. so far. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so I think that's episode two of Technically Managing. Thank you all for being here today and looking forward to the next one. Yeah, have a good day, everyone.